Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. V8 supercars play the wild card. Leon sets himself for Hidden Valley as Dick Johnson becomes an official Queensland icon. Look, I'll tell you what, it's a bit of a surprise to me, to be quite honest, and to sort of be in a situation where you're a part of uh, something that's been voted by the people of Queensland uh, really, uh, really is a, a real pleasure. We preview the Northern Territory round today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insider. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Mark Scaife has been installed as the independent member on the V8 Supercar Board. In an announcement made late last week, Scaife joins Roger Cook as the second independent member, and this now means that the board is fully manned, which will be important now that the chairman has become the executive chair. V8 Supercars have announced the four wildcard entries for the Enduros with Cedars Racing, MW Motorsport, Greg Murphy Racing and Sonic Motorsport all having been offered single endurance licences to participate in the Phillip Island and Bathurst events. Confirmation of drivers will be in the weeks ahead. Dick Johnson has been installed as a Queensland icon. We asked Dick what this means to him. It's a pretty humbling experience really when you look at the loose. With Splittergate continuing, was Dick concerned that Jim Beam Racing might be affected by the ongoing battle? No, not at all. That doesn't worry me in the least. They can do what they like, those guys. And, and uh, at the end of the day, all it is is just an appeal against the fact that they never had a hearing. So, um, I, quite frankly, I don't think it's going to make any difference to me. It's just a storm in the teacup. What was Dick Johnson's thoughts on the departure of Campbell Little and Cameron Levick? Well, I think you'll find that Campbell's there for another three months, uh, at least. And uh, as far as Cameron Levick goes, um, you know, the guy uh, obviously uh, has sort of opted to uh, jump out of the situation because um, maybe the job didn't suit him or whatever. I don't really know. But uh, at the end of the day, I think there's uh, a number of changes that need to happen in the VESCO uh, and to be able to uh, support the teams. Otherwise, uh, you know, they're going to find it difficult in years to come. Shane Howard told the V8 Insiders that Sydney is progressing well with plans for the meeting taking good shape but Howard was quick to point out that the Sydney 500 is more than just a motor race. And for our event there um, which it is an event it's, it's much much larger scale than, uh, than, a, than a car race um, we've got uh, an initiative in there with uh, everybody that purchases a ticket will receive uh, free public transport to the event and uh, we've been very conscious of our uh, pricing to keep it down as low as possible. You get you know, fantastic racing and everything that goes along with that 
as well as you know the music and the concerts on the uh, on the Friday and Saturday night. We'll also uh, you know Olympic Boulevard will be turned into a great um, cafe and restaurant and uh, you know merchandise precinct. Um, for the first time, we'll have a V8 supercar paddock. Will be located in the exhibition hall in the dome uh, indoors. Um, so this is just a truly unique opportunity for us, and a very special environment to run a V8 supercar race at. Craig Lowndes is preparing for the Northern Territory round of the championship with the new sprint tyres available this weekend. It will be strategy that will play a big part in the day. Team to have to sort of predict what. Uh, speed we can get out of the tyre, how long it's going to last, which we don't expect it to be lasting too long in Darwin. It lasted a lot longer than we expected in Tassie. So it's one of those things that were just an unknown, really, for us to to, uh, to have those element or that element um, you know, go for us or against us uh, over the course of the weekend is, is probably a uh, is the biggest unknown. Auto Barnes Paul Dumbrell thinks fitness is the key to this weekend. David Reynolds is confident that he's returning to a happy hunting ground. Alex Davison's shooting for a top 10, while brother Will says it's time for a win. Rick Kelly wants the team's speed to translate into strong finishes. Absolutely. I mean, as a team, um, we're both frustrated with um, the results we had from Simmons, but extremely excited to head to Darwin, knowing that we had a car that was capable of a lap record at Simmons and also capable, definitely, of a podium finish as far as its speed went. So, you know, if we can carry that into Darwin, we should be heading there with as good a shot as anyone and for such an early point um, in the Kelly racing history I think that that's that's fantastic and we need to um, keep moving forward at the same pace we have done so far. Well brother Todd just wants to finally get some silverware in the new team's trophy cabinets. You know the car was really good at Simmons Plains and we're still working to improve what we had there and uh, you know hopefully we'll be similar pace in, in Darwin and try and get our first uh, trophy for the Jack Daniels car. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Up next, Gordon Lomas and Brian Gunther. Then later, the kid, Craig Lowndes. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing SP Tools. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, where this week on our roundtable extravaganza, we go to, well, Queensland's own, Gordon Lomas. How are you going, Gordon? Excellent, Craig. Yourself? Not too bad. I know you would have had a few late nights on the weekend with Jeff Brabham winning the Le Mans 24 hours, so I won't try and keep you up too late tonight. Brian. David Brabham, Craig. It was David, too. Jeff won it in 93. Yes, yeah, but uh, David has had success there. Congratulations to him. Briar Gunther, how many mistakes will I make with you tonight? Oh, probably none, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) I've got off to a flying start. (laughs) Guys, I tell you what, 
if I happen to have had any association with triple eight race engineering and was taking a position at V8 Supercars, I reckon I haven't got long before the knives come out and I find my position untenable. Briar, is that an accurate reflection of what's happened? Well, it certainly seems like that at the moment. Um, we've just, of course, had both our category te technical director, Campbell Little, and um, the CEO, Cameron Levick, both resign. Um, Campbell, of course, comes from a triple eight background. He was the chief engineer there. And Cameron had the affiliation. Well, he works with Vodafone, and, of course, Vodafone is a sponsor of triple eight. So, um, look, it does appear that way. I don't think there's too many others that have come from triple eight that are uh, work currently working within V8 Supercars. But, you know, I guess it's an accurate assessment that you've made. Craig. Gordon, I know that up there in Queensland you guys are fairly, you know, upfront and forthright, but gee, these Melbourne people seem to be doing a lot of backroom deals and uh, is that what brought the demise of a couple of these uh, Queenslanders? Well, perhaps, perhaps not, but um, it certainly shouldn't have got to the stage that it got to. Um, you know, I mean, in the first instance at, at Winton, where it all started, there should have been clear leadership shown and there should have been clear decisions made and, and you know, quite apparently the, the wrong decisions uh, were made and we, we've ended up with the, uh, with the mess that's, that's happened uh, and transpired over the, over the last month. Um, sure, you know... Um, in hindsight, is uh, is a beautiful thing, but uh, but look, you know, the, the bottom line is that that the thing should not have got to where it went to. It is tough to say. Well, now we're going to uh, cast aspersions on two people that are, you know, that are certainly fairly straight shooters. They've not tried to hide anything, and I can't see. What Campbell has done wrong? No, I mean, you know, and and I, I, I speak on behalf of a lot of people when I say that uh, Campbell resigning from V8 Supercars is a massive, massive loss to the category. Um, you know, and uh, and that's coming from all sides of the fence. Uh, it's just just uh, just incredible. In fact, on Friday I was in the V8 Supercar office at uh, at Narang and ran into Cameron Levick. Um, in the foyer, and uh, and even Cameron said that, um, you know, um, put aside his own uh, situation and said that, uh, you know, Campbell Campbell going is is uh, is a big blow for the category. Mm. Now, of course, you mentioned Cameron. Uh, he put his notice in, and it was accepted, of course. And that's another interesting one because I found Cameron at first was quite standoffish. He didn't want to be. The media face, he didn't uh, take to that side of it very readily, I don't think. But uh, more recently, he seemed to be able to handle the media and be doing a lot more press. But it seems like some others at V8 Supercars, and I don't know if uh, it was board level or team level, or uh, exactly, but it certainly does seem that there hasn't been too many people upset with his departure. Yeah, look, um, you know, clearly it's a, it, it's a difficult situation. I mean, there's a lot of people saying that um, had Cameron not handed in his resignation at the board meeting on Wednesday, um, 
you know, uh, I, his days were numbered. They were saying that uh, there was a, a fair bit of dissent in the ranks uh, along the pit lane um, and that he didn't have a hell of a lot of support for people so that his days were numbered anyway. So whatever way you carve it up, I mean, you know, Cameron's come in uh, from, outs you know, really outside the business, even though um, Vodafone, were, you know, are a team sponsor with Triple Eight. Um, so V8 supercars, you know, have probably fallen on their sword a little bit in that that was their mandate, was to try and chase someone from outside motorsport, which they have done, and, uh, and, and Cameron um, has lasted, you know, what, nine months into the job. Um, and the other thing uh, that, that it shows, it, it just shows what good a job Wayne Caddock did in, in his tenure. You know, Cameron was uh, only the second CEO of the category uh, after the uh, founding um, CEO, Gary Kraft, and, and Wayne was, you know, Wayne sort of toiled long and hard, and he had, um, you know, he had to deal with all these issues over the years, and, um, you know, it just shows you, just shows you what, you know, what job, uh, what, what you know, good a job that uh, Wayne, Wayne Caddock actually did. Mm. Now, Briar, I know that Gordon and I were particularly impressed when we first saw Campbell making uh, his open address at the media conference when he was announced because he was talking uh, in talking about the right things, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Gordon, but he was talking about AFL, cricket, are the aims that uh, V8 supercars had to be expiring to with spectator numbers and, and uh, interest, and that was where he was benchmarking the sport. Now, obviously, when you'd set your goals that high, you have to get a lot of people on board to go with you, and uh, perhaps he's suffered the Whitlam system where he's tried to turn the boat too quickly and uh, everyone's decided, why don't we just put the captain off rather than have us all fall off? My understanding of it was that he did do a, a pretty big clean out um, when, when he got in and um, I mean of course you know um, I don't think a, a lot of that blood was replaced so uh, I mean maybe the, the rest of the, the field or, or the people there sort of turned around and, and decided maybe to um, yeah as you suggested get rid of the captain rather than the, uh, the rest of the crew so um, to be honest, that probably seems to be about the only legacy that he'll leave, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, given that he was rolled out as as the person to uh, to lead V8 Supercars into the next era um, after an international manhunt. So, you know, to be um, pushed or, or to leave eight months into the job just doesn't look really good at all for um, for V8 Supercars. And in fact, it could damage um, the sport to a degree and um, you know what hope then have, have we got of, of getting the sport up to the levels that AFL and, and that enjoyed. Mm. Now Gordon sorry we cut you off there? Yeah look I, I, you were quite right about um, about benchmarking the AFL uh, you know Cameron did say that now you know you don't need to be Einstein to uh, you know to, to know that V8 supercars it is not even in the same planet as the AFL the AFL is the biggest sport in this country by a hundred light years, um, and no, no matter how much you want to benchmark it, it's it's never going to happen in this lifetime or probably the next. So you know, clearly, um, you know, I mean, if that's if that's really what were you know what the uh, what the um, the drive was behind behind Cameron's brief. Uh, you know, behind closed doors, I don't really know, but it's certainly uh, it's certainly barking up the wrong tree, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Now, guys, we have heard rumours now that there's going to be a big shake-up about 
the way they're going to structure V8 supercars going forward. And uh, a name that just immediately comes to mind is, of course, Mr Whitaker over there at Bahrain. There was a lot of scuttlebutt about him last go-round. Do a fellow they said wasn't good enough last time still have a chance to uh, get the top job, Gordon? Yeah, I mean, certainly Martin was... was high on that list uh, and, and made it through to, uh, to, the, uh, to the final stage, if you like. Um, look, that they will revisit that because that list is, is reasonably fresh. They are going to look at that, certainly, but they have enlisted um, the services, again, of talent to the Sydney-based company um, to, uh, to instigate another international hunt for a CEO, so it's going to be interesting to see who they come up with. Um, it, uh, it appears that at this stage that, um, you know, they're not going to find anyone anytime soon because, you know, the person you're looking for is not exactly going to be on the unemployment uh, queues at the moment. And also, the person they're looking for would probably have to give three to six months' notice depending on what their contract is with their current employer so you will not see a new CEO step into the role and certainly be hands-on in the chair until the new year. Now Briar, Tony Cochran becomes the executive chairman. What can we expect from a V8 supercar led by Tony Cochran? Of course it's not the first time he's taken this position. No well Tony said he's going to get everything back into order that's pretty much his first order of business um, from what he's said so far. Uh, yeah, he's keen to, uh, to have a bit of a, a shake-up. Um, I mean, Gordon could probably touch on this a bit more as well, but um, have a bit of a shake-up, uh, not so much at a board level, but um, definitely at a management level, and um, maybe uh, stop a, you know, another sort of splitter saga from happening again. But I don't think... Uh... I don't think Cameron Levick can be uh, accused of anything wrongdoing towards the Splitter saga, Gordon. I think uh, his problems were certainly in management and change management. Yeah, look, I, I really, I, I'm not qualified enough to, to comment on what, what the issues, if there were issues with, with Cameron. But certainly touching back on the, um, the category technical director uh, role, Tony did say to us the other day, we, we had a meeting with him, that um, there are certain parts of the business that re need restructuring. The board isn't one of them, but certainly, um, you know, the CTD is, is, is one because, you know, if, you don't ch if, you, if things aren't right and you don't change things, you're just going to keep on making the same mistakes over and over again. And um, he's clearly identified that... Um, that Certain parts of the business need redressing and restructuring, and um, and and that is uh, is definitely one part of the uh, business. Mm. Now, one part of the business that you said doesn't need restructuring is the board. And uh, just before we go to the break, is Mark Scaife an independent board member, Briar? Oh, look, I think so. I mean, um, yeah, he's he's done plenty of time, of course, with Holden Racing Team, but, I mean, he's no longer with them and, you know, he's had to take an unbiased approach to uh, his commentary position with Channel 7, so um, there really should be no reason why he uh, doesn't adopt the same approach with his um, appointment on the board. Now, he was on the board, Gordon, as a Holden Team representative on that board. 
Yeah, at one stage he was, um, and you know, I mean, he look, he knows the ins and outs of this business um, as as well as anyone there, and uh, I, I think I think it's a very very um, constructive move to tell you the truth, and um, you know, I mean, he's he, you know, uh, he he makes. Um, you know, he makes, uh, I think, the number to, to two, the, the number of independents on the board, and you've got the other four team owners and the two SEL guys. So, you know, um, according, to, uh, according to the powers that be at V8 Supercars, they kind of think that the balance is right there at the moment with that kind of mix. There are, you know, some rumblings you hear around the place that they should go to more independent independent board members, but, uh, but you know... Uh, do you, do you want to take away the power of of your future from your from your key stakeholders, which are the team owners? So, it kind of doesn't make sense. Yep. Yeah, I know what you're saying there, guys. We need to go to a break here on the Van Side. There's plenty more to talk about. A round is coming up this weekend next on the V8 Insiders. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panelists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, SportRadio.com.au, or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, where Gordon Lomas from V8X Magazine and from Big Pond Sport, it's Briar Gunther. Guys, uh, Hidden Valley. With all the political boardroom upheaval we've been seeing, well, not so much boardroom, but the political upheaval at V8 Supercars, we haven't had problems finding stories over the last few weeks. And here, lo and behold, we've got a race meeting to talk about this week. It should be an interesting trip to Hidden Valley. What's this, number 11, Briar? Yeah, number 11. Sorry, you mean with the, uh, with the actual number of times that it's been held there? Yes, yeah, good. <laughs> no worries, just to make sure. Um, yeah, I think that's about the figure. It's um, it's been on the calendar for quite a while. So um, I know that there's plenty of um, people who work um, in V8 supercars in Melbourne who are looking forward to a, uh, a bit of sunshine after the uh, recent cold snap that we've had. Uh, tyre degradation will be the big issue, as per usual, um, at Hidden Valley. But um, as well now, we've, of course, got the soft tyre, which is going to be introduced to that um, track there for the first time. So um, that's expected to um, to really um, tear up uh, really quickly and, and not provide the, the gains that we've seen so far at the colder circuits like Winton and Tasmania. Now, Gordon, a couple of us journos have been uh, lambasted this week in one of the publications about um, dodgy f- swine flu stories. But uh, I don't know about you, but do you really want to be hanging around these Melbourneites with all their bloody deadly diseases? Swine flu? What's I've never heard of it. <laughs> no, look, seriously, I mean, that's all a load of hogwash to tell you the truth. I mean, it's just another form of the flu. You know, unless it mutates, you know, what's the big drama? I think the government and, and the media, I can't believe I'm saying this to a degree, have handled the whole thing really, really badly. 
Anyway, Brian. that off my chest. <laughs> yes, it is number 11, and it's number 11 for yours truly because I've been to, to every one uh, so far. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm with the majority. Um, it's, it is dead set one of the best rounds of the year. It's the one that we really, really look forward to. You know, it's sort of... Um, it's, it's a kind of mini holiday. It's a break away from, from the depths of winter and, you know, you can put all those colds and flus and whatever, you know, behind. So, uh, so yeah, it should be, should be a great weekend. And I think Briar, uh, Briar sort of hit the nail on the head with the tyres. The, the soft tyres are going to be interesting this weekend because, you know, the, they'll have the conditions this weekend where they, they will actually perform how they were con- meant to be constructed um, to, and that is that they perform to their optimum over a really, really short space of time. So if there, are, if there are going to be guys that have strategies that are going to try and stay on the soft compound tyres, you know, a little bit longer, well, maybe it could just backfire. Hmm. Brian, do you think, after what we have seen so far in the championship, is anyone going to challenge Vodafone? And if it is, who? Oh, look, I think that, um, that Gus Tander proves that, you know, Holden Racing Team and Will Davison, for that matter, are quite capable of, um, of matching, I guess, Team Vodafone, although they look like they're so far in front at the moment, which, of course, they are on the, the championship points table. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, they've, they've proven that they're not undefeatable. Um, so, I mean, my bid would be on Holden Racing Team um, if there was any one team that could, um, that could do it. Gordon, we've got our favourite little segment here, Gas and Go. Five questions, three minutes, and then on top of that, I'm going to get your tips for the round. Guys, starting from now, Gordon Lomas. Dick Johnson is a Queensland icon now. Who would be the New South Wales, Victorian, South Australian and Western Australian V8 icons? Because we all know who the Tasmanian one is. Um, New South Wales, pass. Victoria, Garth Tander. South Australia, Russell Lingle. Western Australia, Garth Tander. Tasmania, which should be thrown in there. Um, it, it's a moot point. It could be either John Bow or Marcus Ambrose. Marcus is doing some massive things in the US, and uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, he, he could be a dead-set international icon. I'm saying, uh, of course, that he is not the Tasmanian V8 icon. I'm saying John Bow is Briar. Do you want to add to that list? Yeah, I'll say that um, Marcus Ambrose is the Tasmanian icon, just purely for the, the profile and his, his status over in the US at the moment. Um, in terms of the other ones, New South Wales, I'm actually going to go with Thing and say Mount Panorama um, track at Bathurst rather mm. than in person. Gee. Um, <laughs> Victoria, Peter Brock. Um, South Australia, yeah, I'll go Russell Ingle and um, Western Australia, Garth Tander. All right, and just to tell you my knowledge of V8 supercars, I'm going New South Wales, Mark Scaife, Victoria, Peter Brock, South Australia, the Clipsal 500, and Western Australia could be Garth Tander, but I think uh, Barbara Gello might have the honours just at the moment, although Garth Tander is a champion, so Garth Tander probably could sneak that status away. Briar, Chevy in the United States has cut back its funding to NASCAR, the announcement made over the weekend. How much more are the manufacturers going to cut back here? 
oh, look, they could cut right back. And, I mean, indications at the moment suggest that they, they probably will. I mean, um, Holden has been saved from the whole Chapter 11 bankruptcy over in the United States, but no indication has been made yet about um, what Holden will be doing um, on an Australian level with its motorsport. So, you know, Holden could pull out um, from the VA Supercar Championship. Um, and, of course, you know, you've got Ford, which scaled back all of their funding to um, just the two teams, FPR and, and Stone Brothers, um, this year. Uh, you know, that's on a bit of a multi-year deal, I think two or three years. So um, those two teams are pretty right for now. But um, once that contract runs out, well, you know, it's anyone's guess as to what Ford does. Gordo? Yeah, I, I'm clearly... I, I don't think that it's a question of, um, of pulling out altogether. As bad as the, the international situation is with car manufacturers, um, I, I think certainly there is room for both manufacturers to cut back. But in terms of Holden pulling out, gee, you know, I don't think so. I think I think Holden would have to close its doors for them to pull out of, um, of V8 supercar racing in Australia. And therefore, you know, if they, if they play the game, that drags Ford along. So, you know, you're going to have both involved to some degree in the future. Whether it be less than it is now or more, I don't know. But I, I doubt whether you'd you'd see either manufacturer pull out. Tony Cochran has suggested more rounds are on the cards. How many more, Gordo, can teams afford? At this stage, the target is to move from 14 to 16, and moving to 16 would include possibly still the AGP as a non-championship round. Any more than that, in this current climate, the way uh, sponsorships are and budgets and whatever else, couldn't afford it. So 16 is probably the number. Um, yeah, well, my understanding is that, yeah, 16 is the goal, so um, I would suggest really um, handle any more than that, and in fact that might even be maybe a bit of a push. Um, the only thing, of course, is, well, my understanding is with the Bahrain rounders that the circuit promoters and, and the people over there pay for the V8 supercars to, uh, to get over there. So, I mean, if you add more international rounds on a similar agreement, well, then the sky's the limit, on, well, until you hit 52 and there's 52 weekends in the year. But, um, yeah, unless it, it was that sort of an arrangement, um, I think the teams would struggle to, um, to add even just a few more on. It's more profitable for the teams to go to Bahrain than it is to go to Tassie or Western Australia. What months should the V8 supercars race? The... We go now for a very long period of time. Do we need to get this down into a, a short super series, Briar? Um, did you just call me Brian? I said Briar. <laughs> they said Brian. Um, many people call me Brian. It's okay. Uh, look, I think March is a is a good starting point. Um, you know, the the whole weather's out the way, the summer's out the way. Everyone just gets focused and, and back into the racing. I like the March date. Uh, but I think it could probably be shortened a bit to um, to finish in November, even if it was just late November, sort of bring the championship back a, a few a few weeks, and it gives um, you know everyone a chance to have a, a nice breather over the summer, and, and it's really intensive um, during the calendar during the season of the uh, the V8 supercars. So yeah, that's my proposal. Gordo. <laughs> okay, what needs to be done? Um, I've got very strong and clear views on this. What needs to be done? is, OK, if we start in March, it's got to be in March every damn year, and it's got to be on a particular weekend. So second Sunday in March is the second race of the right, Clips All 500. In previous, in the recent past, we've had, it starts in February, it starts in March, it might start in early April. I mean, you don't know what weighs up, and, you know, that's a sure way to turn continuity of fans off. So 
we, we, need, we definitely need a more condensed season, we need more regularity and we need firm dates because everyone knows when the AFL season starts and stops and when the finals are. Everyone knows when the NRL season starts and stops and when the finals are. V8 supercars, it changes from one year to the next, so we need continuity. NASCAR has just changed their restart procedure so that the lead cards start double file. Should V8 supercars look at a new restart procedure and really bunch up those guys right at the start, Gordon? Yeah, interesting. It's an interesting situation, you know, like... Um, NASCAR, uh, <coughs> NASCAR, obviously, um, you know, dibble and dabble and, and whatever else, and, and, and do that quite quite frequently with their with their series. But to be quite honest, do we really need to address our restart situation in V8 supercars? I'm probably thinking we don't need to because we we haven't got 43, 44 cars on the grid like you know NASCARs, and we don't race as NASCAR predominantly race. So, you know, there's a, there's a method to the madness that's going on over there. I, I just don't think it translates to what we're doing. i tell you what I reckon, Briar, that everyone wants to watch this Sonoma race that's coming up very soon and see what double-file restarts are like on a road course because uh, if they've got a championship like they've got and we've got the best championship in the world, then why wouldn't you go for something that's even better? Yeah, well, the thing is, of course, is that they change, um, with V8 Supercars, they change the rules over the off-season for, for this year's championship, where the cars, the drivers are allowed to, um, to overlap to a degree on a restart. Um, the drivers haven't seemed to uh, to really take up that advantage too much so far. Um, so, I mean, you have to sort of question whether um, the NASCAR system would work. Um, however, I'm always a, a big believer of chopping and changing a bit, so, you know, maybe to add a bit more spice into it that of the events during the year could be um, could be looked at in terms of restarts. All right, then now the big question as we finish Gash and Go. Gash and Go brought to you by the V8 Supercar Poll that you can get at the 4X V8 Supercar website. Brought to you by V8X Magazine. Have your say on what you want to see in the future of V8 Supercar racing. The V8 Supercar Poll on once again proudly brought to you by V8X and 4X. Guys, it is um, Hidden Valley time. Briar Gunther, who's going to win? Uh, I would put it on Jamie Winkup. I think he'll have the goods to deliver it again. And, of course, that's on Saturday. What about on Sunday? Well, I'll, I'll say Rick Kelly. All right, then. And for you, Gordon, who's going to win Saturday on the short race and Sunday on the big one? I'm going for uh, Garth Tander in the short race Saturday and, uh, and Dave Owey's teammate to win uh, on Sunday. Well, I've got... Stephen Richards and, well, Pretty Boy doing the business on Saturday and Sunday up there at Hidden Valley. Craig Lowndes is up next. He talks about Lane Beachley, Troy Bayless and about his colleagues who have just moved on from V8 Supercars Australia. It's an interesting interview. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks to Briar Gunther and also to Gordon Lomas. The White Flag Lap is up next. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This week's White Flag Lap, we catch up with Craig Lowndes, who we spoke to a week ago now, and found out all about his test day with Troy Bayliss and Lane Beachley and how he's preparing for Hidden Valley. Now, I suppose, yeah, it's, uh, today's actually a driver evaluation day, which uh, for us, it's a, uh, you know, it's a chance to, uh, to give other people a drive in the race car. And uh, although that uh, I was only allowed to do 10 laps today, which was uh, still nice to be able to do that, but... Uh, yeah, having Troy Bayliss and Lane Beachley uh, come along, come along, and uh, and uh, basically uh, scare us. Um, both uh, both Troy this morning uh, took him for a run. He took me for a run, and then we gave him an opportunity most of the day to uh, to really perfect his craft. And uh, and Lane Beachley turned up sort of later in the day, and uh, and uh, I, I suppose that uh, she did a an amazing job for someone that's uh, obviously not used to driving a car or motor a vehicle of, of some such. But uh, you know, really, uh, both of them. Troy was. Uh, was probably outstanding in the end. He, uh, he, he basically duplicated my lap times uh, right at the end of the day. Well, that's not good. Your contract's up for renewal. He might be cheaper. Now, <laughs> possible. I, I suppose it's, uh, it's one of those things. But uh, you know, he, he was uh, uh, you know really good. He uh, obviously applied himself. He understands obviously the uh, lines and apexes and everything else coming from the motorbike side of it. And uh, uh, I think the biggest thing he had to get to understand was uh, you know he's dealing with four wheels, not two wheels. And uh, and basically just uh, using uh, the brake pedal and everything else that he's got got uh, uh, basically underneath him. Mm. Now, Craig, going up to the Northern Territory, we've got the soft sprint tyre on the car again. How much can you do ahead of time planning for what the temperature is going to be like when you get the uh, soft tyre on for a race? Um, I suppose it was one of those things that, uh, you know, when we first drove the car on the soft tyre, which was the Winton, uh, it uh, basically um, uh, gave us a heads up of, of what the tyre and what to expect from the tyre. Tasmania, we didn't have that spare set, and we, we won't also in Darwin. So it's one of those things that the team have to sort of predict what uh, speed we can get out of the tyre, how long it's going to last, which we don't expect it to be lasting too long in Darwin. It lasted a lot longer than we expected in Tassie. So it's one of those things that was just an unknown, really, for us to to, uh, to have those element or that element um, you know, go for us or against us uh, over the course of the weekend is, is probably a... Uh, is the biggest unknown. Can you give me your thoughts with uh, Campbell's resignation this week? He was a, a, a huge part of your team and getting you guys right up the front. Uh, how do you feel to see what's happened and to see him have to take the decision to leave? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a shock for me to uh, to hear that. Obviously, uh, um, you know he hasn't been in the, that job role for that long, and obviously. Uh, um, for whatever reasons, he's decided to, to now move on, which is which is a shame because uh, you know he, he brought a lot to our race team in the in the engineering and the technical side, and basically, uh, um, um, basic uh, for him to have been then to uh, to go into that job role, which we thought would be uh, uh, would be good for him, you know, knowing that uh, his information and he's uh, uh, I, I suppose he's um, uh, I, the, I guess the uh, really for him to bring the knowledge of, of what he knows to the sport and, and also apply it to that side of the sport, um, dealing with all the teams, all the cars and all the information and, and uh, rules and regulations, what I thought would have been a great thing. But uh, as I said, I'm not sure and understand why he's now moved on, but he has and he's made that decision. 
Mm. And of course, uh, on top of that, this week, you wouldn't want a job in V8 Supercars. Everyone's leaving. Cameron Levick today resigned. Yeah, I, I heard that uh, during the day, which I, I didn't believe at first, but uh, obviously it's true. So, uh, again, you know, no, uh, knowing and dealing with Cameron um, through Vodafone, it, it, uh, his experience also in that job role uh, would have been invaluable. So, uh, again, not knowing and understanding why he's made his decisions yet, but... Uh, but yeah, it's a shame, obviously, to have the shake-up so uh, you know so close to race weekends, and, and I suppose so early in, in a championship because you'd like to have a bit of consistency throughout the uh, out a year. Mm. Now heading up to the Northern Territory, you've got a lot of Victorians coming. Do we have to worry about this H1N1 virus? Uh, and being a sportsman, you guys are in the top category. Elderly, aged, and sports people are the most uh, affected by any of these sort of viruses. Well, I suppose it just comes back to we travel a lot and, um, you know, being in, in aircrafts and airports and, uh, you know, going from state and city to city, it's, uh, um, you know, I suppose it, it's, it's um, uh, I suppose, more uh, chance of, of, of it, I suppose, of, of catching it or, or um, getting the uh, the flu so and the swine flu and everything else that's, uh, that's going about. It's, uh, you know, it is a concern. It's something that uh, I'm sure that we're all, uh, you know, doing our best to make sure that we don't, uh, don't have, uh, contract it because... Uh, as soon as we do, obviously, like everyone else, we become quarantined and uh, can't do too much else. Mm. Is there much that Triple Eight have put in place to be able to keep you aware and and to keep you away from these nasty Victorians? <laughs> well, I, I can't say I blame uh, you know the Victorians for all this, but uh, you know, really, it, it, there's a lot more cases in Victoria than anywhere else in Australia. So it's something that we are aware of, and, and uh, you know, we, we are doing our best to take you know, you know the, the right measures. To really, uh, you know, make sure that we don't don't contract it, and uh, you know, really for us, it's a um, uh, it, it is important, obviously, not to get it in the first place. But it's uh, it, it is a problem that everyone has to face. Well, Craig, we look forward to uh, seeing how you go up there at Hidden Valley. It's uh, well, it's a certainly different conditions, and it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, isn't it? Uh, well, it is. It's something that uh, Tassie was uh, was probably cold and freezing for us, and now we go to Darwin, where it's going to be nice and roasting. So. Uh, um, it's just the way it is. We uh, we know we go to Darwin around this time every year, and it's uh, something that we've learned to uh, adapt to. We, we, we obviously wear all our cool suits and everything else. So uh, for us, it's, uh, it's a thing that we uh, uh, we do our best, and the, and the guys can seem to do their best to make sure the cars obviously uh, drumble. My thanks to Craig Lowndes, also to Briar Gunther, and to Gordon Lomas. Until next time round, as the checkered flag waves on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling. And bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.